are listening to the Downtown Larned Podcast, the podcast where we aim to cultivate vision for the future of downtown Larned. We are so grateful to have you join us this week. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Downtown Larned Podcast, the podcast where we aim to cultivate for the future of downtown Larned. I'm your co-host, Jared Smith, joined here with Landon Irway, and boy, do we have a special guest for you today, Seth McFarlane, the director of the Santa Fe Library Museum. Seth, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And Jared, I, I want to welcome you back. Uh, I've been lonely here interviewing myself the past couple of weeks. So. Yeah, I've, I've missed out the last two episodes, but excited to be back and ready to jump in. I picked a good one to be back on. Yeah, no kidding. We So uh, we aren't videoing quite yet our episodes, but Seth came with some pictures and um, maps. So, um, we'll, we'll dig into the context a little bit here, but we're excited yeah. to have you, Seth. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, so Seth and I met, uh, we kind of came back to Larned at the same time, I believe about mm-hmm. two, two years ago. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I was, I was moving back to Larned from Hayes, um, to, to take over state farm and Seth was taking over the, the trail center. So, um, I've, I've admired Seth and his enthusiasm and, and energy just to, um, you know, stir up, just stir up interest and, and, uh, unveil some more aspects of, of our culture and in our history. So, um, that is where our podcast is heading today is our first episode really, uh, directed towards history itself. And, and Seth is going to give us, um, really a, a broad look on how Larned itself started. Um, and from here, our intention is to have, uh, Seth back on and, and other guests, historical guests, talk about individual buildings themselves and, and the history behind them. So um, that being said, um, tell the listeners, Seth, a little bit about yourself. What what drew you to Larned in the first place? Sure. Uh, I've been in New Mexico for about 20 years, and I had worked at a variety of museums. Uh, this is actually my third museum on the Santa Fe Trail, so I'm kind of working my way back up the trail. But uh, we were, and I was working at the Palace of the Governors, which is kind of at the hub or the, some would say maybe the end of the Santa Fe Trail, but a number of trails actually branch out from there. Um, this opportunity came up while I was uh, working from home during COVID, and uh, I was ready to get back out into the out into the open and uh, explore a new part of our nation's history. And um, so I interviewed for this position and uh, fortunately the, uh, I uh, was the, I was selected as the director for the Santa Fe trail center. So it's a, it's a great museum and uh, a great history as well. What, what are some of the biggest differences between, you know, this part of the Santa Fe trail and the part that you're at in, in New Mexico? Sure. I mean, Part of it, first of all, is cultural. You know, the Santa Fe Trail ends technically in Santa Fe. Um, you know, you have a number of cultures there. The, the primary cultures, of course, are uh, Anglo, Native American, and uh, Hispanic. And so that at, at the time or at the peak of the Santa Fe Trail was actually a whole different nation. And uh, so here we are at where the trail would split for the wet dry routes, which means that uh, one one trail would follow a drier route, which was a little uh, more risky. And then the other trail would follow the Arkansas River, which meant that you at least had water for your livestock and for your 
for, you know, your travelers. And so, um, at that point, then it reconnects down closer to, you know, Dodge city or just past Dodge city before it branches off into the mountain branch and to the, uh, Cimarron, which was even more risky. So for me living, you know, in, in New Mexico and then coming back here, this is more or less the center of the Santa Fe trail. So it was getting to see a whole different aspect here. You know, this is where all of the travelers that ever traveled on the Santa Fe trail, they crossed right through here. Whereas, and you know, they wouldn't meet because some people fell off the trail for different reasons along the way before they reached Santa Fe. And uh, so this is kind of exciting to know that every person um, in history that ever traveled the trail probably crossed right through these, uh, through these lands wow. right here. That's really cool. That is, that is <laughs> crazy. Yeah. That's neat. Well, so I'm going to take a step back from history for just a moment, just because, uh, we don't have the opportunity to talk with people moving to Larned very, very often, uh, or, or on this podcast at least. So Jared, Jared was from the Dodge city area. Um, so we got his perspective. Jared, you've been here how long now? Nine and a half years. Nine and a half years. Yeah. So we got his perspective on on just current day. You know, what what is it like living in Larned? What do you like? What do you not like? What was your initial uh, thoughts about Larned? And, and what do you uh, like about the change and, and maybe are a little bit more reserved about the change? Um, well, I'll be honest. Before I had moved to Albuquerque, I'd always been in mid, you know medium and smaller towns. So for me, it was great to return to that. You know, to me, Larned is kind of your, uh, example of, or your, your prime example of, of middle to small town, um, uh, all America, you know, it had everything. It has, you know, the downtown, it has the historic downtown, it has the railroad, it's got, um, a, a close knit community and, and, uh, a welcoming community. And, uh, that's something I noticed almost immediately when I came into town was that, uh, everybody was very warm and welcoming. And, uh, plus I liked the fact that it still had, you know, the original downtown and, and so many historic buildings and that uh, the community had worked together to preserve a lot of those. And, um, so it was, it was nice to be able to come back to that and, uh, being at the center of the trail, you know, Kansas has so many central points for the nation. And so, you know, you really are in mid America. And, uh, so you get to see, you know, the pros and cons, um, from other as aspects. And, uh, so for me, it was, it was a nice place to come to. Sure. So, sounds about like what, uh, Jared had to say, except for uh, the food aspect. <laughs> uh, I, I go to bed at night thinking about that. Like, let's edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must admit, you know, when I was in New Mexico, I always heard everybody say how they missed the green chili. Oh, yeah. And, um, I, I just kind of blew it off until I moved here and realized, yes, that is one thing I do miss is, yeah. is all green of the food with the green chili. Yeah. yeah. New Mexico is known for its chili. And so, um, that is one thing that you get used to. And when you're right. away from it, you do miss it. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess we're going to dive headfirst into into this history. Um, so I'm I'm looking at. I wish we we had this recorded, but uh, just for your guys' information, um, if you head out to Facebook, any any pictures referenced or, or certainly just pictures of of the historical context that we're talking about today's in today's episode will be posted to Facebook. So go take a take a look at those. They are interesting. I I I've done a lot of Google searches of of Larned. Um, and a lot of them pull up, but I haven't seen half of these. So yeah, it's, these really it's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. But with that being said, Seth, um, so we're, we're going to be talking about 
really how how Larned was founded, and and of course that's going to play a huge aspect into the history of our our downtown um since that's that's the heart of of our town was mm-hmm. that that was the town was downtown so right. um get us I, i'm gonna let you take the stage here and and we're just gonna be in awe i think <laughs> okay yeah. well let's you know let's go back before uh, you know even really uh Larned was founded so uh, the kansas territory at this point had had no general incorporation laws. And this is back around uh, 1859. And so the Kansas Territorial Legislature created the Santa Fe Railway. And that was a the first of its kind, really, for this part of the country. And uh, it, was to, it was originally called the Atchison and Topeka Railway Company. And in 1858, a German member of the government, uh, it was an exploration party, and he had noted a small grove of trees just on the outskirts of what is today Larned. And it was at the Pawnee Fork, and he had noticed that it was a cool oasis. Now, today you look around and you see a lot of trees, but back then there were, weren't very many trees, especially mm-hmm. even along the rivers. And so having a cool oasis was, was you know, a highlight for travelers on the trail. Um, that same year, a mail, and, a mail and stage station were built on the crossing of the Pawnee Fork, and that was later called Boyd's Ranch. So that's out there towards where the uh, Larned State Hospital is. Uh, by 1860, a severe drought had postponed the plans for the railway to begin and then followed by the the Civil War. So there were a few setbacks at that point. So time out, Seth. On, so on this oasis, you're talking about the Pawnee Fork, which is just south of town mm-hmm. where you cross the bridge, basically where the, where the two rivers meet up, right? Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Correct. Awesome. So – um, and, and also, you know, there is still activity out here because you already have Fort Larned. Fort Larned already, has already been established, but, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty new fort. And so uh, I've heard that uh, at that point, the only Anglos in this community or in this region were stationed out there at the fort. So uh, a land grant bill was signed then a few years later by President Lincoln in 1863, providing that the um, that the railway company would be given every alternative section of land, so that they could they would keep portions of that land, and it was kind of a checkerboard. So they would keep portions of that land and then be able to sell off the other parcels of land in order to generate revenue, so that uh, that would help fund the infrastructure and operations of the railway. Um, the sales of these lands would provide, of course, the capital, and then the line was completed at the Kansas-Colorado border by March 1873. Uh, so ground was broken on October 1868 in Topeka, and by uh, September of 1872, the construction crews had already reached Dodge City. That means that they were already passing through Larned a, li- a few months earlier than that. To stimulate the settlement of the Kansas lands, the railway offered free and reduced transportation to potential buyers. The settlers were able to move their goods to at the company's expense. So at that point, you have people even coming from Europe um, to because they're seeking new lands, they're seeking new opportunities. And, you know, with so many of these land sales, there were oftentimes they were overpromoted and, and uh, highlighted beyond with exaggerations to entice people to come out from further back east. So would, would people hop on the train and, and that's how they got out here, basically? Or, or Correct. They- I mean, before that, of course, everybody's coming out on, on wagon, in right. wagon trains. I mean, right. that hence the Santa Fe Trail. But that's why the Santa Fe Railroad line is following the Santa Fe Trail is to basically connect all of these um, 
startups and following the Arkansas River really to uh, reach its destination at that point was just supposed to be Colorado and eventually would reach out to New Mexico. But um, it was to, yes, it was to really promote growth and to promote settlement in this part. And you, you hop off and you see a piece of ground you like and, and you go buy it from the railroad company basically? Uh, well, actually, you would buy it from a land grant company, and so okay. we'll we'll get into that because yeah. uh, William Booth was actually the first one of the primary promoters for the Larned area, and uh, to encourage people to move out here. In fact, in 1869, um, he had arrived at Fort Larned for his second time, and he was. Um, basically hired as the post trader. And, uh, so he had, um, this, like I said, he had already been out to Fort Larned before that time, but it, this was his second term out here. And, uh, he was an opportunist. He saw, he saw a new opportunity. He knew the railroad was coming into town. And, uh, so he started the, um, he started a, a company out there and working with the U S land office to bring, um, a settlement or township site to Larned. And uh, so that was April 1872. He took his settler messes, his settler's mess house from Larned, brings it by wagon on the southern edge of the Pawnee, crosses the swollen Pawnee. And if you can imagine trying to cross the swollen river with a building and keeping it intact, and then he settled that out there by, um, by where the Schnack Lowry Park is. And it was nicknamed the Little Red House because it was painted red. And that was really the first building on in Larned. And uh, so it had served a number of purposes. It had been a, a post office, a residence. Which the Little Red – Jared, have you seen the Little Red House out there? Yeah. Yeah. Is it still there or did they take it down? They took it down. Okay. Yeah. In fact, what was here more recently was a reconstruction of that. Right. Sure. So for listeners, um, I'm trying to think – what street that would be, but there's still a sign there. There's still a sign. There's of, still a sign. And that's yeah. down there by, what is that? Grant and first, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and there's a, there's a, uh, a mining area right, right in front of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Correct. So Correct. if you, if you find the only mining area in, in the town, you're, you're at the right place. Just if, right across If the you road. follow Sibley's camp, uh, the signs to Sibley's camp, which were across the street from that. And that was originally where Sibley, who was a surveyor for the, for the Santa Fe trail, or I mean, I'm sorry for the U S government on the Santa Fe trail. And that's where he first documented, uh, a, 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 well, there wasn't a settlement here, but that's where he first, um, documented a good campsite. Okay. So that, because of those ports passing along with the wagon trains and that's why people often camped here and so before learned it was even considered as a town site it was already considered as a good campsite okay. before you had to cross the river because and, of the oasis of, of trees in the area and correct yeah. well and depending on the season depending on the flood season you know whether or not the rivers could be crossable uh, you would have to sometimes stay on the north banks or sometimes switch over to the south banks and that's why um, this is called the Larned complex because because of the trails kind of crisscross so many times right through here. Okay. Wow. So Jared, you following? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm enjoying <laughs> it. We so we've we've got the we've got the railroad in town. Um, the fort has already been here, but now William Henry Booth. My understanding is he had a he had a development or a building out by the fort, but he moved it across the river into town. Uh, and that's where we're at right now with the with the little red house. Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. And, you know, he would, he would develop partnerships, um, 
along the way and and really develop much of Larna and at least in its early days he would he was uh, involved in so many aspects of Larna and uh, um, even with promoting it as a as a as a county and uh, so he actually worked um, with other residents in uh, 1872 to get it recognized by Governor Harvey as a well for Pawnee County and so of course with a number of counties in in uh, Kansas that went through county wars and so a lot of times they had different reasons who wanted to be the county seat on the actual layout of the county and so Larned was a number of one of many counties in in Kansas at that time that underwent those changes and they weren't always friendly uh, exchanges and that's why they were called wars it was because of that reason um there were a lot there was a lot to gain from being the county seat for a county and so Larned and then of course Pawnee County uh went through those same interactions wow this is i i had i've I've lived here my whole life and i i uh don't even know a fraction of this information so i'm excited for this to premiere but um so we've got william henry booth i'm i'm dumbing it down for people like me (laughs) we've got william henry booth um promoting promoting larned and we've got one building in Mm -hmm. town here how did we get to how do we get from that building over to, cause that's, that's still quite a distance away over to where downtown ended up being, mm-hmm. uh, that central stretch. So, uh, what was that progression like going from the, just the shack over by snack park shack by snack, <laughs> uh, and moving on over to, a, the establishment that we have now. Okay. So, you know, there again, it goes back to the the other founders, um, every, everything's a competition. Everybody wants to be the first. Everybody wants to always gain a foothold and, uh, there's opportunity. You have a number of new people coming in and, uh, they want to promote their businesses. So actually that building, what we were just talking about was eventually moved over to fifth and main and served uh, later as a carpenter shop, a newspaper shop, a U.S. land office, a blacksmith shop. That little building had served all of those different purposes. Well, that came from the fort. And remember, the railroad has just entered in. So they're starting to have access for use of the railway. And so they're shipping a lot of that milled lumber um, from, you know, further east. And so that lumber is coming in. And so your, your early buildings were pretty primitive. You know, uh, if you couldn't afford the framework for a house or a building, you would probably build it out of sod or adobe. And then it would eventually, uh, you know, and there were a lot of times that they would just have a, a wooden facade, sometimes a tent in the back. Um, and then eventually, as you had the means, you would you would buy the, the lumber to build. And uh, over time, though, they also started to, to do brick and stone. So uh, as you're entering into Broadway, for instance, you're starting to see those different materials being used. But the reason that that was how we transi- transferred from over there by the Schnack Park over to Broadway, um, there were competitors. Uh, there were businesses both on Main Street and Broadway, and both wanted to be the primary route through Larned. Um, of course, you know, this you, you're kind of you're, the depot is at South Broadway, and so that was beneficial because everything's being transferred at. at basically at the depot or at any, at any of the warehouses along the railroad. And then and the, the depot is the bank. 
bank now. Correct. Right? Yeah. Correct. So it's a it's a red bank just on the south of Broadway. Still still in in place. I, I wouldn't imagine there's been too many alterations because it looks like a depot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, a lot of your early depots, uh, the Santa Fe Railroad actually um, had packages that you could, depending on the size of the community, they they would sell you different packages that you they were basic blueprints, and it would give you you know depending on there again on the size, um, on how much material you needed to order, and then you would build a kit to build these depots. And that's why you see these little depots. Sometimes these depots are actually transferred from community to community. So for Larna to be able to keep their original depot on site is pretty incredible. And yes, I like with a number of other communities around the country, those depots sometimes, you know, once the railroad exits that community, those depots are sometimes abandoned, they're torn down or repurposed. And in this case, it's been, you know, used as the bank and I'm sure it has been other businesses as well. Right. But, um, uh, so going back to main street and Broadway, so there were actual, um, conflicts between who would win. And of course, Broadway won out. And, uh, I think that was part in part because of Booth, um, Booth there again, um, you know, had, had, the ability to uh, strongly influence certain parties. And uh, so he usually ended up getting his way. And of course, um, just down here on where my favorite furnishings is, that was formerly Taylor's uh, Furniture. And before that, it was, uh, you know, that building was actually one of the first to be constructed. And it was brick. And that was the, um, it had been a post office. Before that, it had been a a mercantile. And so that particular address has undergone a number of of changes. So that's one of the oldest buildings downtown, Mm -hmm, correct? correct. Yeah. Which makes sense because... If everything started at the depot, and that's that's yeah. the purpose of of uh, you know things things erecting, then it then it must have been from the oldest buildings or closest to the depot, and yeah. and moving on north. And that's so interesting. Even as you're talking about Main Street versus Broadway, I've always wondered why yeah. Main Street right. isn't the main because even just growing up in Western Kansas, Main Street is the the main streets where all the downtown stuff is, but not in Larned, Kansas. And I'm, and I think there's a few other places why it's like that, but that's so interesting. Well, and, uh, you know, as I'm showing you both this photo and you'll be able to show later, this will uh, be, this will be the first, uh, it'll be labeled photo number one. So this is the, um, the, the post office and this is fourth street. This is Broadway would be over here. And then the entrance is facing South. So and then you have the alley over here. We're, we're looking at, we're looking at a picture of what would be my favorite furnishings now. Yes. And it looks like it, what you would think is the front of the building. It isn't the front of the building no, it's anymore. The, it's the complete South side of the building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The South side. So right across the street would be welcome in. Right. Right. Yep. So, and it's a picture of the post office. It's labeled post office and the front of the building isn't even in, in, and reflection, it's completely facing south. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. It is. Now, let me backtrack a little bit and show you, uh, going back to some of the earlier buildings, you know, a lot of these buildings there again were either kits or they were milled on site from lumber that was shipped from back east. But not everything, those photos that we were just looking at about the post office of the um, the booth building was actually a, a brick building. But remember, they had to build the brick kilns first. And those brick kilns were only uh, here for a short period of time, and they were on the south side, kind of down by there 
by where Schnack Park is, they were actually um, mining uh, for the clay. And then, uh, so Larned was fortunate in, as with so many small communities that they had um, a source for clay. And then uh, they also had, so because of that clay, they were able to manufacture brick and they were also able to manufacture pottery. So there was a lot of uh, salt crockware that was produced, um, which has a salt glaze, a brown glaze to it. And then, uh, but all of those were down here, there again, kind of on Grant and, and First. And you can see that over here on the Sanborn map um, okay. down there on that bottom corner. So to recap, <clears throat> recap here, we're talking about the depot. Um, what is now my favorite furnishings mm-hmm. was was built. Um, probably the one of the first brick buildings that are, there was, right, right, Seth? Correct. Okay. So, and Seth is saying that um, the brick from that building was quarried or, or mind I guess I don't know what the right terminology is on the, the kiln. The clay, yeah, yeah, it was just basically dug uh, up. But dug up in Schnack Park area, um, because Larned was blessed with with clay. And next thing you know, we're building buildings from that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't a high quality um brick, but it was a brick that gave opportunity to build buildings similar in style to buildings you would see further back east yeah. and also to use for pavers later for to pave the uh, to pave the roads. Because in the early days, you can see a lot of the uh, roads here in Larned were dirt. dirt. And at this point in time, Larned is still flooding. And so, you know, the Pawnee and the Arkansas mm-hmm. still have their seasonal floods. And so if you have enough water from upriver... Um, these, the towns are going to, to not always survive. And then also, you know, you've got, uh, other natural disasters like tornadoes that, I mean, Larned has had its, um, bouts of, of storms from time to time with destructive winds. One, we just had what a little over a year ago. Yeah, believe me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like so. a good name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so did did Booth build the My Favorite Furnishings building? Is that is that yeah, historic? No, actually he he did not. That building was pre existing. Um, they uh, they had a different building over there on um, I believe Fourth Street, and then they used that building for uh, for their land office. So Booth was responsible, um, and that's what I should get into. That Booth was responsible because he was also the local. Uh, land office agent and so he was really the one that helped promote and bring um attention out out to the larned because you know up until that time the only other nearby facility you know that you don't have all of these towns to go to your, your closest one was the fort and at that time everything was connected by rail so uh, you know you didn't have these highways connecting the towns they, everything was connected primarily by railway or by trail and uh, so, so since since Larned had the fort, were we the first town in the area? And then, like Great Bend and Kinsley, Maxville, th- those areas popped up after us, or um, were, were they all in in about the same time period? They were all f- 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 sorry, they were all formed all about the same time as the railroad and uh, uh, encroached or approached a community. Um, people like Booth were seeing opportunities, and so you saw these pockets of communities popping up all over you know great bend was the, about that same period dodge city was about that same um and of course dodge formed because of, of fort dodge and then 
uh, even even Garfield was formed in uh, 1872, 1873. Um, So most of our incorporated towns, um, at least in Pawnee County, formed right in that ballpark, you know, within a five, a five year range. And I, my mind is racing, even just as these, as he's flipping through these photos, there's so many, what a cool story, just hearing how everything got started. And even right. with the, the, the downtown specifically with the, the bricks being here from snack park and really just wondering, are we, do we know how many buildings downtown have come from the clay around here? Or is that a, I don't know. And I don't know if that information was ever recorded. Yeah. Um, I'm unaware of it, but yeah. it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. I'm just not aware of yeah. it myself. Hey guys, Landon here. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Hope you enjoyed our time with Seth. I know that we did. Uh, stay tuned next week for the second half of our conversation. And from here on out, we'll be having some miscellaneous episodes with Seth as well in regards to specific downtown buildings. So thank you so much for tuning in. God bless. We want to thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Downtown Learner Podcast. We hope that this episode has both blessed and encouraged you. If you haven't yet, go like our Facebook page and leave a comment with your biggest thoughts and takeaways from this week's episode. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.